welcome to the Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering The Emma Project by Sonali Dave. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. Keep up with us on TikTok, Instagram, and Patreon at The Pemberley. And you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Good morning, everyone or whatever time of day you're listening to this very exciting episode of the Pemberley podcast. Before we get to chapters 21 through 24 of the book, we want to talk a little bit about what we've been watching lately. I'll start. I'm the one who's seen it, but there's still a lot that you can contribute to this Yolanda because we're going to be talking about Don't Worry Darling. At this point, when we're recording this, the movie is not officially out. Jillian got to see an early screening, which is very exciting because I think I've been more following the drama (laughs) behind the scenes. Not, I mean, just what everyone else sees on social media and articles and all of that. So I'm excited to see the movie when it does come out, but you got to see it. I did. This goes all the way to the top. And I gotta say... (laughs) For a really long time, I had absolutely no opinion about this. I heard it was coming out. Good for them. I hear people love Florence Pugh. This is the state that I was in up until, let's say, just before the Venice Film Festival. Okay. And that's when I will say you kind of like dragged me in to the drama. (laughs) I came willingly. You know, you're a huge... Harry Styles fan. We are also team Jason Sudeikis, just to like make our, this is not usually a political podcast, no. but we should say we are team Jason Sudeikis. For those of you who don't know, gosh, I don't even know where to start. You want to give us the highlight reel? I don't think we need to go too deep into this because there's too much I know. You know a lot. (laughs) And so I don't want this to be the whole podcast. Basically, there was a conflict on set that no one knows the full details of. Publicly, we don't know the full details of between Florence Pugh, Olivia Wilde. Harry Styles got into the mix because he became romantically involved with Olivia Wilde. Mm -hmm. That has kind of been slow playing out in the media over the past year but things really took a turn right before the venice film festival when shia LaBeouf chimed in and was like by the way that's not what happened he pulled his own dakota johnson move when she went on ellen and was like actually that's not true ellen i did invite you i did invite you (laughs) so shia did that but with video proof florence Pugh dropped out of all press for the movie at the Venice Film Festival. It was great because they're all at the panel talking about the movie, having to talk about Florence because she is the lead. She shows up in this purple getup and just carefree holding champagne with her, her sunglasses. She looked great and so... I think about that outfit a lot. Yes, I know. I feel like a lot of people are going to copy that outfit maybe for like Halloween costumes. So. You're like... I am people. Yes, I am people. <laughs> I am people. It feels like at this point, the drama has been overshadowing the movie. I'm here with my hot take, which is the drama is the best part of the movie. Mm. I, um, You're right, because I had an opportunity to go to an early screening. I can start with some compliments. First of all, it is a gorgeous film. Mm. Like... Truly, like, I feel like all the compliments that we've had about Pride and Prejudice and Emma, where you could just freeze any moment and it could be a painting. The costumes are amazing. Like, Florence looks gorgeous. Is it much like what Harry Styles said, where it's a movie (laughs) that feels like a movie? 
It does feel like a movie. The premise of the movie about is we're in this like Palm Springs paradise. It looks like it's the 50s where the men all go to work on what we know as the Victory Project. And it's very mysterious. And the wives just kind of like hang out, clean, shop. And it's all very like planned. It's all very laid out for life to be this way. So Harry Styles' character, Jack, he's trying to make his way up in the company that's run by Chris Pine. Also someone we're kind of fans of if you are a Princess Diaries girly. But Harry Styles is like, you know, trying to like move up in the company. And I'm like, ooh, you're like a mastermind. And then you come in interviews and you're like, I love that the movie is like a movie. <laughs> you know, I get what he's saying. Yeah. Because I think I've probably said that too. But it sounds weird when you actually say it out loud to people. Oh, you shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> it's also weird because like you're a regular person and he's like one of the stars of the film. Yeah. And he's had like training for it. He's had press training. Listen, he's in the middle of a 15-run <laughs> show at Madison Square Garden. He had to travel out there. Oh perform again madness so madness but it's a very pretty movie that's okay. i feel like it's not worth all the hype the like i said drama's the best part of it there's not like that much drama in the movie when you see it well we, we can revisit this yes we will what have you been watching lately i've watched a few episodes of abbott elementary on abc which has won a few Emmys at this point. It is created by Quinta Brunson. It's about a school in Philadelphia who they're struggling with resources and they're making the most out of it. The principal has decided to bring in a camera crew to document what their day to day, which much to the annoyance of some of the other teachers are like, fine. But it's very much a comedy that's like in the vein of Parks and Rec, The Office. It's really funny. Everyone's great. You have all the different characters. Quinta plays this teacher who is in her second year. She's like still like very enthusiastic about her job. She's like, you guys, we just have to ask for resources and they'll give it to us. And then you have this older teacher who's like young child. <laughs> you know so little. So, but it's really great. It's a lot of fun. And all of the kids are funny in the show. You can watch it on ABC, on Hulu, on HBO Max. It's everywhere right now. So check it out. With that, let's dive into the Emma Project. Previously, Vonch and Nina are finally hooking up. Nina's mom has brought her an army of Punjabi food, and she made her feel bad about a whole host of things. Nina started the day feeling great because she had a great time with Vonch. Her mom came, poured negativity onto her, mm -hmm. and then just kind of left to have lunch with her friend. Now Nina has taken off for the kitchen where Vonch is not far behind. And they have kind of like a more emotionally intimate moment in the kitchen because we're toying with some emotional or some intimacy issues, especially on Nina's end, not so much with Vonch, uh, right. but she's been burned before. She's in her late 30s. She kind of has seen how the world has treated her and, and she, you know, her father is like actually the worst. They kind of open up and he's looking at the photos of boys 
that her mom dropped off and they're kind of playing this game of like, oh, I love this guy. You should go out with him, you know, like, because nothing's really serious between them. Vonch does confirm that he thinks she's really hot. She's like, yeah, "Yeah, she brought all this food to help. This is my diet food. And he's like, this is your diet (laughs) food? Like, but it's amazing. And also you're like literally the hottest woman I've ever seen in my life. And so looking at the pictures of the eligible young men that her mom has brought over kind of prompts him to ask like, what really happened between you and my brother? I've heard Yasha's point of view. What about yours? No one's asked her that before, so it's a big deal. No one cares. And even before that, when he was going, like, looking at the doctor, the surgeon that her mother wants her to consider, she does say, like, kind of in a sarcastic way, she's like, almost makes me wish I was on the market. She says, God, no, not ever, not even a little bit. Which kind of confirms, like, the very casual nature of how Nina sees this, and she doesn't think Vonch is taking it seriously. Like, she's definitely not taking it seriously, so... She's not even considering like marriage or a partner. She's kind of just getting out of like this 10 year long charade of a, of a fake relationship. So to consider real emotions is not really on her radar. Let's jump into chapter 22 where she really does give her point of view. And we really see a lot of her very cynical points of view about relationships. Like her exact yeah. words to Vanch are, I'm not built to love. She literally says, it's vampires, you know? Like, I get what the word means. I've never seen vampires. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's where she's coming from. She's like, yeah, love may be out there, but I've never seen it. It's a very intangible thing to her. Yes. That's like definitely a really big puzzle piece to her and why she would enter this relationship. I mean, we definitely saw Yusha's side of it. Go listen to the whole, all of our episodes for Incense and Sensibility. But basically... (laughs) You know, where she was coming from, like, she has this horrible father who mistreated her and her mother. I really think that she's really only been able to find solace and comfort in her career, you know? She can't even really find comfort in her own parents because... Her mom kind of, but like not even a little bit her dad. As soon as she got out of college, she started, that's kind of her moment where she was like, I'm free. (laughs) Like I am free. I don't need to do what you say. And I'm going to pursue this nonprofit route. Well, it was through the promise of being engaged that she was able to go. Yeah. It was still, she had to be engaged in order to have that freedom to leave. So even then it was like freedom, but with a catch. And that was when she was 28. Like I, you know, kind of think about it because it's like, I'm 28 now. And so she's been like working on her career throughout her 20s. She's finally at the age where her dad is like, you're literally too old to not be married. Like you've been pursuing your career, following your little dreams. It's time to settle down. And she basically told him, I will only marry Yush, which she, I think, thought she would be safe because like she knows he's not even all he for different reasons he is not even a little bit interested in a relationship mm-hmm. so she's like oh I'll just say like he's the only one for me and and then it won't be an issue but when she's 28 she really like sees an opportunity and her dad says this it's like so deeply patriarchal when he's like get married and then the two of you can decide what you can and can't do like you need a husband in order to do this kind of stuff and like make the big leaps And so when she entered the engagement, it was just so perfect because it's like, oh yeah, we're engagement age. 
he wants to focus on his career. I want to focus on our career. Our families are always on our backs to like settle down. But like, we don't need that. We don't want that. And so she was able to just say, I've got this fabulous boyfriend over here and I get to focus on my career. She blinked and 10 years went by. Like yeah. that's a long time, you yeah. know? It's something that I think neither one of them thought would go on for that long. And they yeah. just like kept going because they're like, well, it's still working. It's still working. You know, Nina wasn't actively looking to date anyone else. And she also felt like she couldn't because she wanted to keep up the charade. So they were both kind of trapped in their own trap. (laughs) It's also like more than that, because like she doesn't really want to be in love. I think she sees, first of all, she doesn't really know what it means to her. Mm -hmm. But second of all, it's also, I think she probably sees it as something that can hold her back. Yeah, You know, like if she's wondering if a boy likes her, then she can't call the minister of Nepal anytime she wants and tries to put out fires that way, you know? Like, I, she doesn't really know what it is, and I think because of that, she doesn't really want to pursue that. Mm-hmm. And Vanch asks this really big question of, like, did you ever love him? And she comes back at him, like, looks at him in his gelatinous marbles and is <laughs> like, I loved him as much as I can love anyone. She really sees this moment where she's like, I tap out. I like, I don't think I can like love you unconditionally. Right. I mean, and then this is where Vanch is like, interesting. So we have a kind of relationship-ish. What if we decide to keep this going? You know, I'm only going to be in California for six months because I'm probably going to get bored and leave again. They kind of put together like this plan and these rules of like, okay, we're going to be together for six months. Friends with benefits. Yeah. Specifically. Here's what's going to, here's the deal. And I think it's really interesting because I feel like we are over halfway through this book. I feel like this setup is what a lot of romance books kind of have at the start. And we're kind of just getting into it. But also, Nana and Vaughn had a lot of hurdles to get through to get to this point. So Mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense for this story. I feel like we've gone through a lot of story to get here. So now they're like, okay, we're gonna have this casual arrangement and see where it goes. And so we both win. Exactly. You know, she's not super convinced at first, because he lays it out as like, you know me, I don't stay in one place long that for yeah. very long. I'll probably be in California like six months to a year tops, like, right. you know, however long it takes to implement this homelessness project. And then I'll be a goner. We like each other. We know each other. We have the best chemistry I have ever experienced ever, which like at this point, I feel like he's a little more like experienced than she is because he's like, I'm 26. Hi, like, do you like, are you want to be my girlfriend? Like he <laughs> seems like he's kind of that type. And she's been like actively avoiding them. for a very long time. And he was like, how would you like to have, you know, no strings attached sex with me while we are in the same place? We get along so well together and we'll give it an expiration date because she's like, absolutely not. I have entered an arrangement with a Rajay man before. I've never been so humiliated in my life. It's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I'm not doing this to myself again. And he's like, let me point out what was flawed about your plan. <laughs> <laughs> and here's a better plan. I mean, her thing too is like, I don't want this to get back to Mina auntie. Like, I don't want her to like hate me even more. What if I hurt you? She's never going to forgive me. And he's just like, I can handle my emotions. But it is just like flashbacks for her. She's like, wait, I've, I've done this. I've been in an arrangement with a Rajay man 
I'm literally doing the same thing. Like she should realize like you shouldn't make the same mistake twice, but she really likes him. I think she likes him more than she wants to admit it to herself at this point. Definitely that. I gotta say, he makes some great arguments because he's like, here's what was wrong with your plan. It was public. So you involved everyone. Right. It didn't have an expiration date. So you guys let it carry on. He's like, yeah, and you weren't sleeping together. This is going to be a secret. We're the only ones who are going to know. Yeah. And we're giving it an expiration date. So there's no way it can just carry on. And this is when she said, I like absolutely love this part because this is every movie. She's like, fine, but don't fall in love with me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Vaughn, you're already in. No. And he's like, I won't. They will. <laughs> <laughs> they for sure will. Yeah. End of chapter 22. We have an official deal. They hook up. They don't tell anyone about it. They're just going to enjoy themselves until he goes on to his next thing. (laughs) A little does he know, that's a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to work. So we're going to step away from this for a moment to talk about our favorite girl. I'd say so far, like, she's one of my favorite in the Rajay series. Like, in the family, like... Love Isha. Love this for her. I think it's because a couple episodes ago, I was like, oh, she's like Sophie from Howl's Moving Castle. And now I can't unsee it. And I'm like, let's get this moving. Where's our castle? (laughs) I know. I know that Sonali said she's done with the Rajay family series with this book. But I would ask and implore Sonali to consider an Isha book still. (laughs) And she can take parts of this book into that new book. Whatever she wants to do, like, we're here for it. We just want, like, a whole Isha novella, a whole Isha book, whatever. Whatever she wants, (laughs) I'll read it. (laughs) She needs a biography. Even if she just has, like, notes. Even if she just has to, like, outline everyone's stories separately and figure out how to, like, weave them together. Like, I want that. (laughs) Because I'm loving this. Alright, so we're in chapter 23. I literally live for these Romeo and Juliet moments. And it's gotten pretty serious. We have graduated, if you will, from Sid scaling her home to, um, apparently there are, the anchorage has grounds with trails. Unreal. Unreal. I'm like, what? The, a trail? You mean like, <laughs> they're on a very romantic walk. Did she escape? Did she like walk outside and no one noticed? Love that for her. And something that we learn, as we know, Isha, the demigod Garuda visits her Ever since she met Sid, she has not seen or conversed with Garuda, which is crazy because I feel like he just pops up all the time and he's part of the many psychological trappings that come with what she's been dealing with for decades. Ever since she met met him, a lot of like her visions, her fainting spells, her intense reading of people's energy, that's like vanished. Yeah. You know, we have another sort of like trauma e trauma moment where she's like, can I tell you something kind of insane? I don't want to because I think you'll run away. And she tells him everything. She opens up about her parents, the accident, her visions, like all of it, the whole state of her being for most of her, for like 30 years. And she's like, and I'm afraid that you're going to run away because this is crazy and this is scary. But ever since I met you, all of it has gone away. You're, she's like, you're like my miracle. Hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, she's been waiting on a miracle. That's very, that's an Encanto reference. And then she like asks for her first kiss, which I think is very sweet because she's like, do you want to kiss me? And he's like, well, do you want to be kissed? And she's like, do you want to kiss? And he's like, yeah, I do want to kiss you. And she's like, okay, I want to be kissed too. And then they kiss. 
it's just this beautiful moment where like she feels her own feelings. She's not like absorbing other people's energy and, yeah. and she just kind of feels it for herself. And I think that's so sweet. These chapters are so different from Nina and Vonch because they are just all heat, all chemistry, all passion and all anger. And then you come to these and it's just like they're looking at each other just in awe of each other. And they're so intentional about how they're approaching this really quasi relationship and in tune with each other's feelings and listening to each other. So it's a big deal for Isha to feel this and to have someone outside of the family who can really listen to her and understand her and has the patience to like hear her out and hear her story. And that's when she makes like this really big statement where she's like, will you take me out? I want to leave the estate, but she doesn't want her family to know. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yes, where do you want to go? And she says, Shreepur, which he's like, okay, maybe somewhere within like the vicinity of this place. And we don't know where it is yet. Um. She kisses him again. I mean, this is a huge deal because this is very much Jasmine leaving the palace. This is yeah. her going outside of the castle walls On a magic for the first carpet time. Ride. Yes, and Sid is should hopefully be like that prince who is going to take her out and show her the world, or at least you know show her. I don't know the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, where's she gonna go? The I think that's a good place sky's to start. Limit. <laughs> yeah. No, and what I love about their relationship so much is like it's not that there's not stuff to overcome. They're just so it's like a maelstrom of peace when they're together. They can't hear anyone. They can't see anyone else, and they just kind of like click and they yeah. vibe. And they're not doing that thing that all the other siblings do, which is where they're like, no, my feelings aren't real. No, what about this? What about the fact that love isn't real? You know, she's kind of letting her family get to it. But like, they're just sort of like letting each other's love rush in, you know? And they're not really like putting on airs about like, well, I'm not actually that into you. Like, very different from like Nina and Vonch, for example, because I mean, Vonch is kind of like, let's do it. And Nina's like, no, I don't really believe in love. I think I have a very low capacity for love. Yeah, I mean, that takes us right into chapter 24 when Vonch is like wanting to text Nina. He can't stop thinking about her, but he's like, but I can't text her with feelings because she's going to freak out about feelings. So he's just like, last night, huh? That kind of thing. And so. <laughs> That's like really where he's trying to approach things. He thinks he's trying to keep things light and casual, even though his feelings may be a little deeper than just light and casual. And what I love about this is like, he's actually lying to himself. Yes. Like the fact that he's looking at his phone and he's, he wants to text, I miss you. I know. He's like, oh, but that's going to, that's going to scare her. So I should send something dirty instead. You have feelings, Von Trage. Like you have very deep undulating feeling and you're trying to hide it too and like we're all trying to hide our feeling we're just hiding our feelings from nina left and right these two people who have always been in each other's lives at least for the past 10 years are now seeing each other in a very different light their relationship has completely changed for nina too she hasn't opened up to someone in this way now they're really intertwined, not just in work, but personal lives. And it's like, okay, things are getting a tad bit messy where no one's talking about their feelings and no one's talking about what they really want. And we're just going to keep going and pretend everything's okay. 
there's not a ton of action in this chapter. Yeah. But it is a lot of, like, reflection and conversation. I, w- I don't know if I want to use tranquil with them because it seems like such an Isha and Sid yeah. synonym. I feel like is where they really click is they both want to do good in the world. <laughs> One interesting thing that happens is, like, Bonch has been staying with his parents this whole time. And, like, I feel like technically we've met HRH, his royal highness. Have we? Ha- like, we've, we've heard a lot about him. Yeah. To me, he's like the man, the myth, the legend. I heard he was a father to these guys. His yes. name is HRH. Yes. I've heard of him. And I also feel like that's kind of the relationship that Vonch especially has with his father, where he's like, I've heard of him. I, I've heard that my father's like around. And he's like, yeah, I've heard that my son is around. I mean, as we sort of learned in one of the earlier chapters, like Vonch is the least academic of his siblings. He didn't go to any, he doesn't have any higher education And that first really, like, bothered his dad because he's like, everyone else reads. He doesn't read. He's stupid. And Mina's like, literally, if you say that about my son again, I will turn you out of this house. I think they have the typical, like, struggling to connect with each other but have a mutual love and respect for each other kind of relationship because he's jetting off somewhere. We run into HRH and he's like, oh, son, I heard you were here for weeks, but I (laughs) have no idea because I never see you. And he's like, oh, yeah, like, I never see you. And he's like, well... I'm proud of you too. Yes, and then he's like, "Oh wait, but I mean, I'm I'm just pr- I'm proud of you." Yeah, not too. Just uh, I'm proud of you. Period. I, I, I didn't mean to imply that um, I have to force myself to say I'm proud yeah. of you because you're not as accomplished as your siblings. I'm picturing this weird, awkward, like low, like punched the shoulder, like they're like doing a fist bump yes. that where they just can't quite connect with each other. Thanks, Dad. Um, so he runs off to his very important meeting, which is Nina at her apartment naked. Um, <laughs> we're in a tangled, sweaty, naked mess on her bed. And I feel like they're starting to actually open up to each other a bit more. Like, yeah. they've been butting heads, but like in a good natured way for most of this. And I feel like they're starting to really try to understand each other. And I think it's mostly Nina, the one who's very antagonistic because she's deeply jealous mm. of Vonch's situation. How yeah. like he's just a Rajay, the money that she's been working for her whole adult life just was handed to him because like he's a more glamorous option. I think she is starting to be like, I can't keep thinking like this, otherwise I'll hate him and I'll resent him and that's just not gonna get anyone anywhere. You know, they like talk about hurry and how he's not just a sob story talks about how much he loves Sid. He's like, Sid's the best and Sid is obsessed with me. He comes over all the time. So we're like seeing some seeds being sprinkled around. Yes. I'm like, why isn't this concerning to Vaughn? She's like, how many pictures does he need? I think he's done the job, right? He's also just like, he just loves me so much. Yeah. And that's why he keeps coming over to the house. Yeah. And it's like, watch one hand while the other one does the work. But Nina does admit to Vonch that of all the people who have a ton of opportunities handed to him, he does do the most with those opportunities. Like he, he does not take them for granted and he tries his best not to let them pass him by. Right. I think that that was a really nice thing for her to admit. Cause like I said, like the more I think she hyper fixates on this, it's only making her miserable. Like she's right. She's totally right about that. 
but it's making her miserable and jealous. It's the same kind of argument that she keeps replaying in her head of reasons to hate Vangerage and why he doesn't deserve the money that I so rightfully worked for. Mm -hmm. But she's like, you know what? I can't control that. I can't. I just have to keep going forward with what I've done and I can be proud of me in what I've done, but I can also be proud of Vange and what he's doing because he just, he grew up in very different circumstances. So that's all that can be done. Even though like the way she's been seeing it, which like I said, is not wrong about it being deeply unfair. Right. Like, he could have just taken the money. He could have been like, well, but Jiggy gave me the money. I have a project. Yeah, like, sorry. sorry. Yeah. It's like not, it's very like in the Devil Wears Prada when Andy accepts the trip to Paris, screwing over Emily. She's like, what was I supposed to do? She offered it to me. Yeah. You know? Vonch isn't doing that. He's like, we need to be a united front. We need to be a team. That's how you keep your funding. If it's like, we merge our mutual interests together. Right. He didn't have to do that. Vonch isn't like, bummer about Nepal. Guess yeah. we'll just focus Guess on my project now. What about the people who have terrible lives over here? Sorry about it. No, like he's like, let's try and make this work. You know, like he introduced her to the minister of Nepal. And now he's like obsessed with her, you know, like that's a great opportunity. So while um, we began this chapter with Vonch being like, miss you delete he's sort of overcome with this feeling that he wants to hold on to that like there's nowhere he'd rather be than here he wants to stand still he wants to be in california he wants to be with nina he's not bored and like looking to jet off to the next place is it possible young vonch is growing up i think it's possible it's possible it's possible he doesn't even know it yet but he's like oh wow i really don't want to like leave her side and i don't want to stop looking at her and i don't i miss her when she's gone like (laughs) that's weird (laughs) yeah he'll get there they'll both get there they'll get there i think so nina and vonch clearly are continuing to progress in their agreement relationship whatever they may call it but feelings are starting to catch up to them Mm -hmm. isha and sid will go on their own adventure to some place we will see So we'll explore that next time in chapters 25 through 28. In the meantime, you can keep up with us on social media at The Pemberley on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, or you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Bye.